and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. Next, chapter 8, I want to read a story to you, and it's called Dope on a Rope. <laughs> so there once was a criminal who committed a crime, and it doesn't take much to figure out that that's what criminals do. It's their job to commit crimes. So this criminal was sent to the king for his punishment. And the king told him he had a choice of two punishments. One, he could be hung by a rope. Or two, he can take what's behind the big, dark, scary, mysterious iron door. The criminal quickly decided to go with the rope as the noose was put around his neck. So he turns to the king and he asks, by the way, out of curiosity, he says, what's behind the door? And the king started to laugh, and he says, you know what's funny? He goes, I offer the same choice, and nearly everyone chooses the rope. So the criminal said, look, tell me what's behind the door. I have a noose around my neck. I'm not going to be able to tell anybody pretty soon. He says, so just tell me what's behind the door. I'm not going to tell anybody. And the king pauses for a few minutes, and then he sits there, and he answers the, the question of what was behind the door. And the king said, freedom. So... It seems that most people are so afraid of the, of the unknown, right? The fear of the unknown. And they immediately take the rope. Now, what's the rope? It could be pain. It could be confusion. It could be whatever patterns that you might be having in life. But we choose the familiarity of the rope. Pain, struggle, old patterns. But we have choices today. One of our choices was we sat in a class on Power for Abundant Living, and now we know God's Word. So that's a great choice, God's Word, which can open the door to John 10.10, 10, that we can have life and have it more abundantly. The world walks around with ropes ground, uh, around their necks, and they wonder why they feel emotionally and spiritually dead. And tonight I want to take a look at, and I've, entitled, I've titled this teaching, If You Want to Overcome Fear, Echo God's Word. It's just another way of overcoming fear. So think about the most important thing that will truly help people today to overcome fear in these hard times is what? The Word, right? So people need an accurate knowledge of God's Word. Has there ever been a time when we need to come back to the integrity and accuracy of God's Word? And it has been in these trying times, right? Think back to March. I mean, right now everything's kind of laid back and comfortable, and we never want to get too comfortable, right? It's not like, you know, well... I'm going to believe God. I'm going to go uh, cross traffic when it says stop and believe God's not, the car's not going to hit me. No. We can't be stupid, right? God doesn't want us to be ignorant. But the integrity and accuracy of God's Word has been what we need during these trying times. And the country has been filled with fear. Businessmen are scared. Professionals are afraid. Um, the government's sitting around on pins and needles trying to figure out what to do. You know, I don't know about you. I don't watch the news anymore. I just can't. I don't want to. We don't watch it. Uh, but they're sitting on pins and needles thinking about what to do. 
and there's been fear throughout the country like some of you, you young people have never seen before. I mean, this, I, was, I thought about this. This must be, when you think about you, you guys are in your 20s and 30s, and something this heavy has gone on in the country. You've never gone through anything like this before. So how thankful, I know how I am, I'm very thankful for a class called Power for Abundant Living. Mm -hmm. Dr. Whirl in the first session of the class shares that believing is a verb. A verb connotes action, right? So there's either negative believing or positive believing, but you have to act. It's like, I need a job, but I'm going to sit home and just wait till they come and somebody offers me 100 grand to, to do a job. It's not the way it works. Believing is action, their action word. He says, Fish, fear issues in unbelief. And he says that fear is the believer's only enemy, right? Jesus Christ died for us. Everything's been taken care of. So fear grips us. Fear binds people. It encases us. Everything in the world today is contingent on believing positively or negatively because it starts as a thought. You know, you get processed. It, you process it, becomes an action, and then you get results. So you choose whether it's going to be positive or negative. It's a lot easier to think positively when you have your computer filled with positive thoughts, pure thoughts, which is the only thing I really know that's pure is God's word. It is pure. So it's the law of believing. You know, he says in the class, he goes, you know, if you think you're going to get a disease, you probably will. If you're believing that and you're thinking that negatively, you probably will. Why? It's the law of believing. Wrong believing produces negative results, and God meant for us to be full of faith, right believing. So we can see how important the Word of God is to be spread to others. We need people like that so that the country can stay safe. We heard it in, in prayer tonight. The more believers there are, the safer our country is going to be. And nothing has changed. What the country still needs is an accurate knowledge of God's Word. Mike made, mentioned the quote about what Dr. Don't get scared. About what Dr. Wuerl said. He said, Never before in our history has the fate of so many been dependent on the right believing of so few. And, you know, we're at the place that's no different than it was years ago. We're the few, but we need to make the few many. And we do that by speaking the word to people so they hear God's word. In John 10.10 10, it says, I am come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. It's either the truth or it's a lie. In Romans it says that we're more than conquerors. It's either the truth or it's a lie. In Philippians it says, I can do all things. It's either a truth or it's a lie. I choose to believe God's word, that it is the truth, that we're more than conquerors. So no matter what's going on in the world today, no matter what's happening in the country, we can be conquerors. Can't be stupid, but we can be conquerors. The situation has been orchestrated by the adversary, right? Because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So he, he this is his doings. The fear that is spread throughout our country has encased people. I mean, in the beginning, boy, and, and still up here, it's a lot different than where I'm from originally down in the city. It's a lot different down there. But guess what? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. <laughs> Think about the time that Jesus Christ stood up and he said, I am a way, a truth, and yeah. a life. No, no. no. He stood, he said, I am the truth, the way, the truth. And life. And then he got up 
He dropped the mic and he walked out of the room. <laughs> well, guess what? It's God and Christ in you. All of you can drop the mic as you speak God's word because it's God in Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we're going to take a look. This is all leading up to, we're going to look at an account in the Bible where fear was in this, in this country. It took over people's lives. And we're going to take a look and see what they did. And again, there's, according to God's word, there's different ways of overcoming fear, but this is one way. So in Acts chapter 8, we're going to take a look at what was going on in Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem at that time, there was a group of 70 talented men. Uh, they were sitting in power. They were controlling the strings of the country. And this group was known as the Sanhedrin. And they, the Sanhedrin meant council. They were the Supreme Court. These men decided that they were going to instill fear to the Christians, hoping that they would be annihilated. And they selected a man of the highest degrees, and his name was Saul. And in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, And Saul was consenting unto the death. And the death they're talking about is the death of Stephen. Think about how people must have felt when they saw Stephen get stoned. I mean, I haven't seen anybody get stoned lately. But I can imagine what that would do to me, seeing that. And this is what happened. And Saul consented unto his death. And at that time, there was a persecution against the church. It was a great persecution. Great is great. Great is big. Great persecution. It must have been involved with, there must have been a lot of suffering involved. There must have been imprisonment. Dylan taught on mental pressure a couple of weeks ago on afflictions. There must have been plenty of that violence and fear. And that's what was taking place here in this account. In verse, uh, let me finish the verse. It says, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad. You didn't know that my, they put me in the Bible. This is scattered abroad is the word diaspora. It really was diaspora, but they changed it to diaspora. <laughs> you know? But they were scattered abroad throughout the regions of, the, of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Well, let's check out about the apostles. Verse 2. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentations over him. They were lamenting because they were protesting Stephen's death. They weren't buying into it. Verse 3, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into everyone's house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Talk about a, a rough time that was going on in Jerusalem. Affliction, fear, imprisonment, suffering. It's no different than what we're going through in a different way today with this, with this virus, right? And what it's doing to the world. Verse 3, but Paul had, Saul had the power. People were afraid. And I, I've said this once before. Fear is F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. That's what fear is all about. The fear of something, the fear of thinking of that something is some, many times worse than the actual thing itself. But it just encases you. It just grips your heart. And we give into it. We give into. We put the rope on, right? We give into those patterns. We give into the pain. 
when all we have to do is pick that iron door that there's freedom behind it. Verse 4, it says, Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere doing what? Preaching the word. So let me see if I understand this. There's affliction going on. People are afraid. There's suffering going on. People are thrown in prison. And what do they decide to do? Preach the word. That's how they were going to overcome fear, by getting out and preaching God's word. I mean, I don't know. Verse 5. Then, here it is, then Philip was Philip Diaspora. It says, there, where am I? Oh, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Now, the Samarians, they were rejects. Philip went to the area of human need, and he did what? He spoke the word to them, right? He spoke the word. And the word, right, we've, we've heard the verse of Scripture, the, um, the word is a lamp unto our feet. He sent his word and did what? Yeah. Healed them. They spoke the word. They preached the word. It's healing. It helps you to overcome fear as you tap into the word. But they were going through a persecution, and what they did... They spoke the word. And how are people going to get the word today? From you, from you, even Mike, from all of us, right? That's how they're going to get it. The word changes people's lives. Verse 6, he, verse six says, And the people with one accord gave heed. They listened. They paid attention unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. There's another thing. When you speak God's word, miracles take place. Signs and wonders will follow as you believe in God's word and you're speaking it. And that's what was happening here, right here in, in, uh, in Jerusalem. Verse 6, read that again. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the, the miracles which he did. Verse 7. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of the many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies that were lame were healed. Signs and wonders. People that were lame were healed. In verse 8, and there was a great what? Joy. There was a great joy in the city. They spoke the word, and there was a great joy. Now, they, in the census realm, how do you have a great joy when you're going through suffering and affliction and you, you can because you're a believer. And you can still have that joy when things around you seem tough. Just like now, what we've been going through. You can still feel that joy. And joy isn't, you know, being happy is like, okay, tomorrow's forecast, it's sunny out. It's going to be a good day, I'll be happy. Joy is something that comes from in here, from the bowels. It's deep within your heart. It's an inside thing. So wherever you are, Wherever you are, reader, there is joy. In Syracuse, you live in Syracuse, right? There's joy there because of you. There's joy in your community. And that's the same for each and every one of you. Whatever town you live in, there's joy. The Word of God flows and you see healing. The Word of God and the love of God in the renewed mind will break down racial, historical, and cultural barriers. The love of God conquers the strongest issues. 
So let me ask you a question. If this fellowship ceased to, to exist this week, do you think we would be missed? Yes. Mm-hmm. Good answer. We would. Why? Because you've made an impact in this area. I see, I don't know how many are in this room, 12? That's an impact. Each and every one of you is an impact. These new students that are going to be in the class is an impact. So we're making an impact. And that's great. You guys jumped on that answer and said yes. So we've made an impact in this area. Have we changed the heartbeat of this area? I know we have with Amanda, with Sarah, Amelia, Forrest, Noah, Shauna, and Chris. I want to ask you a question. I don't want an answer, but who witnessed to you? Think about that person right now. How special is that person? How special is that person? You're here tonight because of that person. Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. So how thankful are you for that person that witnessed to you? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, the beginning of verse 8, it says, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord. And that word sound out is the word echo. That we echo God's word. Right? It says here, witnessed echoed sound of a, a loud trumpet, a loud cry of a multitude. That's that, that word sounding out. And that's what we're to do. Verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers. How important is prayer in our lives? Hey, a hot hot prayer life will take you a long way with God and in everything you do. No doubt. No doubt. The more you pray and get zeroed in, I believe that the the still small voice becomes more evident to you in your life. Uh, I need this still, still small voice in my life to help me. Verse 3, it says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and of, of our Father. In verse 4, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election, your chosen of God. He was there. Paul was there to tell them that they were special in God's sight, that God loved them that they were God's elect. He was telling the new believers in Christ, you know that really that God loves you? It's a big deal, isn't it? Forrest, you too. That's why you're here. He gave his only begotten son. Verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and the Holy Ghost. And in, such, in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers, imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. With what? Joy. With much affliction. Not even like a little affliction. Much affliction. They still received it with joy. I want to be there. That's what I want in my life. You know, Paul refers to, to it as our gospel as true and the fact that it was entrusted to him to proclaim. You know, you talk about the key to power, the renewed mind. 
Think about what Paul had to, I mean, that was Saul. Now he's Paul. Think he had to renew his mind to what he, where, he, where he came from, to where, where he is? Holy cow. <laughs> anyway, the word of God came to them with power and with the Holy Spirit. Timothy and Silas, they were holy men, men of integrity. They spoke and pleased God. They didn't please men. They pleased God. I read verse 6. Look at the effects of their lives. Let's just look at it again. And he became followers of us in the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy and the Holy Ghost. They were changed. I got changed when I sat through that class. I got changed over the last 40 years of staying faithful as best I can to get to this place in my life. They spoke, but they went out and spoke the word even with much affliction, without that pressure around them. And they spread the gospel, and they received it with joy. And in verse 8, For whom ye sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also at every place your faith to God would. <laughs> they weren't wimps. They weren't wimps for Jesus. They were bold. They were bold. They believed God. They believed that holy men spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Living epistles speak God's word. They tell all the people what they heard. It is still the will of God today. Look at Matthew 28. I'm going to move a little quicker. Verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. It's God in Christ in you. Be with you always. You have that incorruptible seed that cannot be taken away. It's like going on a subway station. You get a little token. You put it in a turnstile that lets you in. Holy Spirit, that's your token. It's God and Christ in you. Let's look at, uh, let's go to Acts chapter 19. What's the worth of a soul? <laughs> what are you worth? Really, what are you worth? You're worth a lot. Sarah, Noah, you bad grads too. We walk into the hearts and needs of people. What a privilege. It's up to us to speak. God gives the increase. Acts 19, and we'll go through this pretty quick. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. Verse 2, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard of whether there is any Holy Ghost. Because them at that time, all they knew was water baptism. They hadn't heard about, you know, Pentecost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, 
saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid hands, and you lay hands when God gives you revelation. When Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. And he went unto the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So now he's speaking the word, right? Sure, he's overcoming things by speaking God's word. And he went into this and he spoke boldly. He wasn't a wimp. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of the way before the multitude, what did he do? He left. He departed. Is everybody you speak to going to just open, you know, welcome you with open arms and tell you, hey, thank you so much? No. You did your job. You spoke. It's God who gives the increase. You plant and water, God gives the increase. That's all you can do. And that's what, that's what he did. He left. Verse 10, And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Now, do you think, do you think he spoke to everybody? No. But he won one, they spoke. They won one, they spoke. And that's how the word began to move. Let's go to, back to 1 Thessalonians. We'll close there. You can write down 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. And read it when you get a moment. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, and in Auburn, and in Syracuse, and in Skinny Atlas. Anybody else live anyplace different? <laughs> we echo the word where we're at in our communities. The adversary has orchestrated this affliction that the world is going through today. But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of what? Sound. A sound mind. How, who doesn't like having a sound mind? So we need to make a difference in someone's life. We need to speak God's word to somebody to make a difference in their life. I want to close with a story, and it's called, Please, the Key. It says, an old man sat in a cathedral playing the organ. It was the end of the day, and setting sun shining through the beautiful stained glass windows gave the old man an angelic appearance. He was a skilled organist playing sad and melancholy songs because he was being replaced by a younger man. At dusk, the young man rather brusquely stepped into the back door of the cathedral. And as the old man drew abreast of him, the young man extended his hand and said, Please, the key. And the old man took the key out of his pocket and gave it to the young man who hurriedly walked to the organ. He paused for a brief moment, sat down on the bench, inserted the key, and started to play. The old man had played beautifully and skillfully, but the young man played with sheer genius. Music such as the world had never heard came from the organ. It filled the cathedral, the town, and even the countryside. This was the world's exposure to the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. And the old man with tears streaming down his cheeks said, Suppose, just suppose, I had not given the master the key. It's obvious the old man did give the young man the key. It's also obvious the young man made full use of that key. It's a sobering thought because we hold the key to the future of others. We don't live alone. Our actions and deeds affect other people. 
many of whom will, will, we will never know. And that's the reason our obligation and responsibility for doing the best we can with what we have goes beyond our personal lives. So let's, you won't overcome fear, let's continue to echo God's word. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.